Hey, Slate Church, it's good to see you. Pastor Brandon, Pastor Victoria here. We're so glad that you would join us. Um, it's going to be a great Sunday. Yes, come on. So yep. good. And hey, if you're joining us for the first time, we would love to connect with you. So right now in the chat, if you're watching at one of our services, uh, our online services, we would love for you to click on the link that will take you to one of our connect cards. That's we would right. love for you to fill that out so we can just connect with you, literally, yeah. and, and get to know you, tell you a little bit more about who we are and how you can get, get, get connected here at Slate Church. You're doing a great job. You're like, I haven't done this in forever. No. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Thank Invite you. button. Okay, that's going to come up in the chat. Simply what it does is it allows you to copy a URL that you can send to anybody, whether that's over social media, text, email, fax, carrier pigeon, anything that you want, it'll make it happen. So make sure you take that invite and actually invite somebody because that's really important. Yeah. And hey, let's stay engaged in the, in the comments as well. Yes. Why don't you say hello uh, if you haven't done so yet. Let us know who you are, or we are tuning in from. Uh, yes. We would love to have that. And, and as the service progresses as yeah. well, just stay engaged. It's, it's more fun that way. It's more fun. And honestly, we don't know who you are unless you make yourself known. Uh, if there was ever a time to stay anonymous in a church, this is now. But anonymity in a church setting is not a great thing. And so make sure you're doing that, okay? Well, it's been a pretty normal week besides some Redditors completely taking over the stock market, but that's another thing that 2021 has provided with us. So we're going to praise God with everything that we've got. We're going to thank him for just being a great God. So why don't we stand to our feet wherever we find ourselves and begin to lean into worship today. Good morning, church. Whenever you're tuning into this, we're going to start our service off with a time of worship. So why don't you get ready to do whatever you need to do to lean into the presence of God. We're going to give God some praise this morning. Come on, why don't you join us together? There's a song that stirs the spirit and it calls the heart to life. There's an anthem in the making. Can you hear it start to rise? Can you hear the generations getting louder over time? Every son and every daughter singing out into the night. Come on. It's not time to be silent. Don't you dare hide your life. There's a world outside your window. So don't let it pass you by. Lift your hands to the heavens lift your voice to the sky praise the lord of our creation let his name be lifted up come on sing it up From the palace to the streets, I can feel that drumbeat pulsing, and it's calling you and me. I can hear the world awaken, or oh, the sound, it's heavenly. Every tribe and every nation singing, Jesus, I believe. It's not time, it's not time to be silent, don't you dare. There's a world outside your window, so don't let it pass you by. Lift your hands to 
church we actually go through praise reports together and prayer requests so that we can join together and actually believe God for the things um, in our life so for praise reports we've got so many but I've just chosen a couple here someone is thankful for the loving support and encouragement that they've received from their connect group and their church family after a, being in a car accident it's amazing that they were in something that was awful and yet they're finding a place to praise God a way to praise God in the midst of it someone's also thankful for financial provision seeing that their finances come from God that's amazing um, we're also believing together for parents who are continuing to navigate online school from home with their children and for someone's dad who's had his heart sort of hardened towards God we're actually praying for him to have a revelation of who God is and for a new and restored relationship so I'm just gonna pray um, if you have a need of your own you can just lift up that hand God sees you um, if you just want to believe with me lift another hand for that and you can actually submit your own prayer requests at slatechurch.com prayer God we just thank you that you are all-powerful 
You are in every place with everyone who is watching and listening. Under the sound of my voice, God, you are there and you can do anything. So God, we lift up every single prayer request today. And we also just like magnify you with the praise that's come in. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. And we just ask that you continue to move in every situation, that you would draw us in with your love. You would bless this father who has maybe stepped away from you. Anyone that we can think of that stepped away from you, God, I, we just ask that you would bring them closer. Bring us all in close, Jesus, and help all of these parents who are working at home to educate the next generation, God. We just thank you for all that you're doing. All right, let's continue to worship together, Slate Church. Maybe the first time you're hearing this song, maybe it's the hundredth time you've sung it. Um, but let's just pay attention to the words. God is with us always, always in the fire, in the best of times, in the worst of times. Amazing. Yes, there's a grace when my heart is under fire. Another way when the walls are closing in And when I look at the space between Where I used to be and this reckoning I know I will never be alone There was another in the fire He was standing next to me There was another in the water Holding back the seeds Should I ever need a reminder Of how I've been set free There is a cross that bears the burden Where another died for me There is another in the fire dead beneath the waters I'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore and should I fall in the space between what remains of me and this reckoning either way I won't bow to the things of this world cause I know oh I know I will never be another in the fire standing next to me there is another in the waters and he's holding back the seas should I ever need a reminder what power set me free oh it's a grace that knows nobody and now that power is in me there is another in Darkness as the darkness by 
favorite part. Come on, church. He who was and still is and will be through it all. So come with me. So come with me in the space between all the things unseen and this reckoning. Oh, I know I will never be alone. Remind your soul. I know that's the way you'll be. I can see, and I can see the light in the darkness. As the darkness bows to hell, I can hear the roar in the heavens. As the space between west and I can feel the ground shake beneath us. As the prison walls cave in, and nothing stands between us. Cause I know that's where you'll be I count the joy come every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be I count the joy come every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be Hey church, I want to encourage us in our giving as we continue in our worship. And uh, I want to read a passage of scripture for you. And I'm not just going to do a giving talk. I'm going to do a church talk. Is that okay? So we're going to find ourselves in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, the early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. 
praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. You know, this is a passage out of scriptures early after, soon after Jesus ascended into heaven and promised his Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit was given to the early church, this is the first thing we start to read that they were doing. And honestly, on the other side of the screen, you're probably thinking like, this is exactly the type of church that I want to sign up for. Now, I love, uh, you know, you're probably saying like, I love the idea of fellowshipping and sitting under teaching and breaking of bread into prayer. And to that, I would say, join us for prayer mornings at 6.30 to 7.30 every Thursday morning, because if that's something you're into, you got to join our prayer mornings. And, and the truth is, is that there's a lot of us that we have a lot of comments about what we want to change in the world, but we haven't even prayed about it yet. And I would just say, as a church, we're getting together every Thursday morning, and we are uniting our hearts. It's one of the most, you know what, it is the most important thing we do throughout the week. So if you're tuning in now, you need to tune in on Thursday mornings. You go to our prayer link, uh, just go to sleepchurch.com slash prayer. It gives you the Zoom link. And don't worry, you can keep the camera off at 6.30 in the morning. Only the brave turn it on, okay? So you're reading through this passage, and you're like, okay, I love that. Apostles teaching, fellowship, many signs and wonders. Um, I love the idea that they had glad and sincere hearts. They were eating together. People were being saved daily. And you know what? We read this passage and we see so much good in it. And then it comes to our giving talks. You know, like, oh, here we go again. We're going to talk about giving and they're going to ask for our money. And like, where does this scripture and everything else? It's like, okay, so let's break down tithe. And we break down tithe and we say, hey, tithe is 10% of your regular giving. And you're like, come on, where is that in the Bible? And I just want to tell you, that if we want all that the early church had, which I think is what we're going after, we've got to pay attention to all that they do. And one of the things they said that they do is they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had needs. So today's giving talk is we would love if you'd sell your house and give to Slate Church so we could give to everybody who has need. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's go back to the tithe thing, right? See, tithe in the Bible is actually the minimum level. Tithe, 10%. It's the minimum. The thing that we actually see in Scripture is that Jesus actually wants all of us. He wants it all. When you see need, you're giving to it. Through the local church, we can accomplish more than we can alone. My encouragement to you today is that you would consider what you're going to give. Don't be stingy with God. He hasn't been stingy with you. And I, I pray that as you start to hold that in your mind, that you would begin to trust God with your finances so that we can reach everybody with the good news of Jesus Christ and through other things like City Impact and all the lovely things we're still able to do even in this COVID season. So why don't we pray? And if you're giving today, I wanna pray over you um, because that's what this moment's for. Jesus, I thank you for everybody tuning in right now and not just everybody that's tuning in, everybody's tuning in and choosing to give back out of what you've given them. God, we believe that you're gonna multiply this and you're gonna use it to reach all those that really need it. Lord, I thank you for moments like this. It's not just a moment that we breeze over in our, in our service. It's actually a moment where we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I want to just give you a couple of quick announcements. The first one actually has to do with giving. There's a link popping up right now in the chat. Um, and what we would encourage you to do is to go to that link and fill out your personal information if you would like a tax receipt for the past year. That's going to enable us to have everything we need to get the tax receipts out to everybody else. So uh, everybody else, including yourself, okay? We'd love for you to do that. Um, we have an incredible series coming up, okay? This series is called This Is Church, and we really believe that it's gonna impact our church in an incredible way and really set the tone for the next uh, season, the next uh, uh, little while for our church. And so we want you 
to um, be sharing on social media. We want you to be following us on social media. If you don't already do that, follow us at Slate Church uh, or at Slate Church Online because as we go back into person at some point, we're still gonna be running that online account for everybody that's a part of our online campus. Make sure you uh, hit, hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. Make sure you're doing all of these things because as we um, begin to ramp up towards this, uh, this is Church series that's coming next week, we really want to get the message out there as we begin to define what church looks like for us as a church, for Slate Church, in this next season. I want to introduce something that uh, I believe is going to get you really excited about the series that's coming. And so why don't you take a look at this trailer that's been prepared. You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name as Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using all of us, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. How did you get here? to a place where the thought of church meant exclusivity, hypocrisy, and not for me? When did it become a foreign ground of confusion, irrelevance, and hate? Is that what you see here? No. Church is where the forgotten, the worn out, the cast aside, the holy and irreverent come together in community and belonging. It is where we find a home, a space where God meets with us as children. It is a place to gather from far and wide and declare that there must be more than hatred, division, and hopelessness. It is a space to recognize that our fight doesn't find holiness, but the simple act of surrender brings us to be saved. It is a community of people that has cultivated such a heart for the individuals who occupy the streets surrounding them that they can't help but go out, serve, and love. It is full of servants, friends, and peers, no one better than the other, constantly reaching out a hand for others to join in. It is where your choices don't change your chance of fitting in. A place where worship is in spirit and in truth. It is where the gospel is good news, where Jesus is our hope, where your life actually matters. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or exiles. God is building a home. He's using us all. A holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. This is church. This is Slate Church. Well, does that get you excited? It gets me excited. This is church. This is Slate. It doesn't even sound like that. But listen, it's going to be a great series. And what we are asking of you is when we post it to social media this week, can you just share it to as many people as you can? Maybe intentionally send somebody that you think it's going to bless and somebody that you think it's going to encourage. Because we have a really incredible opportunity to continue to define what church means for us in this season. All right. One of my favorite segments is coming up. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Jared and somebody who Emma and I really love. You're going to be blessed by this. Thanks, Pastor Brandon. And hey, church, it's good to see you this week. Listen, the interview is coming at you today. Really excited about the opportunity to hear a little bit from somebody in our church who's been around our church for a while, share what God has done in their life. And so I'm really excited to introduce the person here today. We have Amanda Plumtree with us today. Everybody, can we give her a round of applause here in the studio? Maybe at home, just put your hands together. 
Amanda, thanks for being here. Um, you're someone that's been around our church for a while. You're serving in our worship team right now. And so I'm just going to, I'm not going to take any time. I'm going to pass it right over to you just to hear a little bit about what God has done in your life. Thank you for having me. Um, so I'll start by saying um, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I'm really blessed to have a really close family, um, close extended family. And um, I knew about God from a young age, grew, grew up going to church. Yeah. And, um, but I don't think that I really like took time to have a personal relationship with God mm -hmm. and like get, get to know him more, get closer to him. And for as long as I can remember, I really struggled with, um, like wanting to be noticed, wanting attention, mm -hmm. wanting people to validate me. And when I was in university, I kind of got into this place where, um, I would go out and I would party and I would have yeah, like yeah. these fleeting and temporary moments with guys. And I really thought that those things were going to fulfill me. Mm. And they definitely didn't. They right. always only ever ended up leaving me feel, feeling so much emptier. And this was like in like first couple of years in university? Yeah, or? yeah it was. Yeah. yeah. And so I kind of like was in that place for a while and just like a really bad cycle. And um, I remember it was like, it was four years ago this week, actually. On the way. And I was just in this bad place. And I remember just like crying and praying to God and saying, God, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, mm. I just feel so empty and I feel so sad. Yeah. And I'd like called myself a Christian my whole life, but yeah. I knew that I wasn't living living it out as one and like living my life as one. And, um, and so I really, yeah, it was a big struggle, but, mm. um, I decided that I really wanted to change my life. I really wanted to change my ways. And honestly, when I surrendered my heart to God, it's been incredible. The things that he's done since mm. then. Um, first of all, just the ways that he has redeemed and restored things in my life, situations and relationships, um, that happened prior to those four years and just yeah. brought closure to some things that I didn't think would ever happen. Wow. And, and then since then, like in the past four years, it's just been so incredible how God has just gone so above and beyond and done things in my life that I never could have imagined. Yeah. And i um, just done so many beautiful things. And honestly, I could tell story after story truly. Yeah. Um, but I think like the most beautiful thing was that he really gave me a love and a passion for him to mm. spend time with him, to get to know him. And that came as I started to read my Bible more and pray and just really spend time with him and, and want to get to know him. And yeah. um, so now he's given me such a huge love for him and um, to serve him, to love him, to love other people and to build his church. And cool. um, it's just been incredible. Like I can see, I can feel the ways that he's changed my heart mm. and changed my priorities and um i was actually on the launch team for slate when we started so cool. three and a half years ago and it's been really incredible to see um all the things that god has done since then how yeah. he's worked in our church and um i've been on several teams which i love i've loved being involved i've loved my connect group and yeah. um just the community has been incredible and such a life changer for me and so i would recommend to anyone get involved in teams yeah. and <laughs> connect groups like come on yeah, definitely amazing and um, yeah, God has really like rooted my identity in him, my worth, my value. Um, and yeah, really like um, worked on my heart in those ways. And so um, a huge significant thing that's happened in my life is that um, two and 
two and a half years ago, God yeah. gave me the opportunity to move to British Columbia. Oh, cool. And he opened an incredible door for me. I was able to move out there in nanny for nine months. Yeah. And um, that was scary because I left behind everything that I knew and loved here, mm. my family, my friends, church, my home. And, um, but I, I said yes to him and I moved out there and, it, um, I could honestly, people, anyone who knows me well knows that I love talking about BC and yeah. my time there and just, um, all the ways that God worked and how he drew me closer to his heart and taught me more about himself. And, um, I actually made a lot of great friends out there. I have a great community cool. who are some of my closest friends now. And, um, yeah, I just, I love talking about that time in my life and he truly did way above and beyond anything I ever could so, imagine. So you're saying a couple things here that are really interesting. And just as we're as we're closing, I wanted mm-hmm. to touch on these things. Like you're talking about the ways that God is revealing himself to you in BC. And you're talking, one of the things that you said earlier on that was really interesting to me is you talked about this idea of like surrendering yourself to God or surrendering your heart to God. What does that actually like mean or look like for you or maybe for somebody that's watching? Like mm-hmm. what did that actual change mean for you or look like for yeah. you? Well, for me, like, I think it was a lot of prayer and spending time reading the Bible and getting to know more about him and just choosing daily to say, God, I trust you. I surrender this to you. Mm. Um, It doesn't mean that I don't have a life without struggles now, but it's that I invite him into those moments, good Uh, or bad. I invite him. I try to do that a lot. Just invite him into my heart, into my life every day and into all these moments and ask God, how, how do you want to use this? What do you want to teach me? And, um, so that's something that I would, yeah, I think it's changed my life doing that. And, um, I I would recommend that to other people too, just making sure they spend that time with him and invite him into the situations and, um, ask him how, how he could, he could use them. And most of all for me, like, I just, I don't want my life to be about me. I want it to be about God and what he's doing in my life and how he can be glorified even in my weaknesses. And, um, so yeah, I just, for me, it's been the most incredible, fulfilling, joy filled thing to be able to walk through life with God and having him um, by my side and having him just love me and getting to love him. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. I love the intentionality and the focus that you have in your life when it comes to inviting yeah. God into different situations and releasing situations to him. Yeah. That's really cool. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your story and yeah. a little bit of what thank God has done. It's hard to distill a whole life and a whole relationship <laughs> with God into yes. just a brief yeah. interview like this, but yeah. even the things that you touched on, I think are going to impact a lot of people today. So thank you for thank being you so willing much. to share that. And also, listen, we've got we've got our uh, next portion of our service coming up, and usually we pass it off to the MC, and they kind of intro it, but I uh, get to intro it today, and so we're going to move right into the message out of the interview here. And I'm really excited for the speaker. We have Pastor Emma speaking today, really looking forward to the word that she's going to bring. So wherever you find yourself, whether you're on your couch at home, whether you're watching from the bed, whether you're in the kitchen, wherever you're watching this from, why don't you grab a notebook? Why don't you settle in and lean into uh, to the message as Pastor Emma brings God's word today? I'm excited for what she's going to say. I haven't heard it yet, but I'm going to hear it in the studio in just a minute as we hear it at home. So really looking forward to what God is going to do through her and the message that she's bringing today. Hey, thanks, Pastor Jared. Uh, Love that interview. So good. Love Amanda. She's just the best. You know, I've noticed also that we are now at the point in lockdown where um, all the guys are wearing hats to cover up the like two month long, no haircut. We're at that point again. Okay where everybody looks like they're in grade seven. I'm not saying that about Brandon and Jared, but it's getting a little shaggy. It's okay. Listen, I am excited to be preaching today. Wherever you find yourself, whenever you are listening to this, however you are listening to this, I'm glad that you chose to listen to this. I'm glad that you chose to join us in church today. And and I think that this message is really going to impact you, so I'm just going to dive right into it. Listen, if you have your Bible, you can open it up to Matthew chapter 15, 
verse 17, and I'm just going to read here quick. Jesus is speaking to his, his disciples. He says, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, not... Uh, uh, these are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Jumping over just quickly to Ezekiel 36, 26, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. Why don't we pray together, church? Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity to gather together virtually uh, wherever we are tuning in from and hear from your word. I pray that you would use me in a powerful way today, Lord, to speak through me your truth. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, what is going on in this passage in Matthew chapter 17? Basically, what we have happening here is that the Pharisees, these religious people, this, this sect of, of Jewish individuals, they are coming to Jesus and they are basically saying, listen, why aren't you washing your hands before you eat. Why are you and your disciples not washing your hands before you eat? Don't you know that that is a tradition of our elders? Don't you know that that's an important thing to do? You see, the Jewish people were given the law in the Old Testament in order to try to reconcile this relationship and the separation that sin created between God and them, the chosen people, these Jewish people. And over time, a whole bunch of traditions got added to that list of laws. So there's all these traditions brought into it as well. And they're saying, hey, why don't you follow this tradition? And Jesus pushes back on it. He understands that the Pharisees are just so caught up in the law and the traditions. And they think that this is what makes them righteous. They are trying to uh, uh, basically mess Jesus up. They are trying to stump him because Jesus has come on the scene and, they, and he has pushed up against everything that is comfortable for them. Everything that they knew, everything that they were okay with, everything that they felt good about, Jesus is now pushing up against and saying, it's not about those things that you have grown so comfortable with. It's not about those things that you have grown so complacent about. Jesus is saying, listen, this is what makes you righteous. I am more concerned about the heart than is what is on the outside. He's saying it doesn't matter if we wash our hands. We need to make sure that our heart is clean. And then he lists off these things that come out of the heart. And he says evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, lying in there, slander, these, the making accusations or talking poorly about someone else. He's saying these things come out of the heart. You know, a, a few years ago, when we just had Kenzie and Theo, we now have Claire as well, but we had two kids, and we, uh, we decided that we needed to move up in the vehicle department to a minivan, okay? And, you know, I think a lot of parents get to this point where they're going, okay, we need room for car seats, we need room for strollers, we need room for everything that these kids bring along with them, we need a bigger vehicle, and so we bought a minivan. And I was pretty proud of this. I'm excited about that. I like the room. I like being a little bit uh, higher up. Maybe that's because I'm so short. I like driving and being a little bit a, a bigger vehicle on the road. And we bought this minivan and it, it was brutal and, and, and fell apart. But then we bought another van, okay? We, we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey, a family vehicle, all right? And, and 
you know, when you have a car, you can make your own rules around what that, that car looks like, what you do, what you don't do, if you eat in the car, if you don't eat in the car, whatever. You might have your own family rules. Maybe you had family rules growing up. Maybe you are the parent with family rules of what you do and don't do in that car. Well, listen, for us, food is allowed in the car, okay? It is a survival tactic in our family. We've got all three car seats across the back, and I am like chucking cheese strings as we're driving. I've got yogurt tubes going back there. Goldfish are in like bags stuffed in the, the middle console. They're just, they're going back at any time they need something. We've got a DVD player in the van. It's very, it's, it's an intense setup. We are made for road tripping in this Honda Odyssey. But we, we have food in the van, okay? We have food in the vehicle. I eat in the car. Brandon brings like his whole breakfast on a plate into the car and eats like eggs and bacon as he's not while he's driving in the passenger seat. And, uh, and, and we have food in the car. Well, a few weeks ago, Brandon got into the van. This is, this is my vehicle. So he got into the van. He goes, what smells so bad in here? And, and, and listen, I mean, I had kind of noticed the smell, but I think that um, changing diapers nonstop, I mean, Brandon changes diapers too, but I think that it just like totally has taken away my sense of smell. Um, I, I don't really notice it anymore. I'm like, I don't know, it's the kids. I'm not sure what smells, it's just them, okay? And he's like, no, babe, like, it's bad. We've got to figure out what, what this smell is. So then I, I was like, okay. So I crawl around. I'm looking under things. I'm vacuuming it out. I'm cleaning it out. I'm doing all this stuff. And I still can't find it. Well, Brandon comes in. He's much more meticulous than I am. And he finds this rotten apple core under the front seat. It was so gross. It was like at that point of now it's one with the, with the floor. And, uh, and we're like, well, I guess that is what smells. And you know, I was thinking about this when I was thinking about this idea that Jesus is more concerned about what is on the inside than what is on the outside. If you're taking notes, you can write down the title, Inside Out. You see, I could wash that van. I could vacuum that van. I could make it all look all great. I could show you the awesome features. But when something stinks, it stinks. You know, church, we're about to go into a season called This Is Church, a series, This Is Church. It's going to be fantastic. I'm excited for it. And we're going to be talking about what it looks like to build church and the vision and foundational elements of who we are as a church, a slate church. But this week, I felt like I had this opportunity to talk to you as an individual, to talk to you as a person and say, okay, we need to make sure that we are constantly orienting ourselves to be more like Jesus. If we're going to build church, if we're going to, if we're going to go after what God has for us, if we're going to keep stepping forward in faith, we need to make sure that we are becoming more Christ-like ourselves. And I wanted to dive into this a little bit today. You see, the church is made up of people broken people. So we need to make sure that we are aware of this in ourselves and recognizing that where our source actually comes from is in Christ. You know, when I read scripture, I often find myself kind of wincing at what the Pharisees are saying and, and saying to Jesus, because sometimes I wonder if I, was, I would actually say some of the same things. Maybe I do say some of the th same things. You know, I like rules. I like to know what I should and shouldn't do. I like to know the boundaries. I like to have a read on people's preferences. I like to know what's happening around me because it helps me to feel in control. You see, Jesus comes onto the scene. He starts changing everything that these people knew. He starts pushing up against their levels of comfort. And they are so worried about appearing good and so worried about this outside appearance that they totally miss the message of freedom that he brings. So often... For ourselves, when we notice that something stinks in our life, we just want to uh, uh, ignore it. And we often feel that if we just do more externally, we will compensate for what is happening internally. 
If we just serve more, if we talk to more people, if we get more opinions, if we ignore the issue, if we supplement with medication, if we make more money, then, then that's going to work for us. In Christianity, we often feel that if we just follow the rules more, yeah. stop sinning, then we will get rid of that stink. We believe that we can get rid of the things inside us that are actually tearing us apart. And Jesus is literally saying here, stop washing your hands. Stop worrying so much about the physical things, of the external things, of the things on the outside of us that are going to defile us. If we just have to change all of that, we just, that's going to fix the inside. He's saying, stop washing your hands. Maybe that's a message you need to hear in light of being told constantly, wash your hands. He's saying that it is not that what goes inside of us that defiles us, but what is already inside. It is a bad heart that defiles us. This is where the root of evil thoughts come from. This is where sexual immorality comes from. This is where the desire to tear that person down comes from, or lie about that situation at work, or lust after that other person. This is where it comes from. You cannot simply change your context and expect completely different results. You cannot just blame other people for the things that are coming out of you. At some point, we need to turn and look at ourselves. You know, I love reading books about self-improvement. I love reading about how I can grow as an individual, how I can become a better person. I like to read books about habits and what it looks like to have great habits and, and, and have great organization and do all of these things and be the best version of myself. I like reading books about marriage so that we can have a strong marriage and, and, and things are great through that. I like personal growth. My work as a therapist, as a pilot, all of these things. I love to consume things about that and take things in that's going to grow me as a person. But do you know what all of these self-help books are missing? Jesus. All of them are missing Jesus. They put the almighty I as both the victim and the victor. They put the blame on everyone and everything else, and they put us in the role of hero in the story. As the one who can save ourselves from bad habits, negative thinking, lying, all of these things that plague us. And the thing is that if we can't uh, save ourselves from it, if it's something that we actually can't do something about, you can just look at another book, and it's going to say, well, you know what, actually, it's just going to get turned around and say, you know, this is acceptable behavior. If you can't get rid of this, then just accept it, and it's actually good. Listen, if you can't figure out how to love your spouse, well, just get a divorce. That's going to work better for you. That's okay. You have every right to do that. Not, not sure how to stay committed sexually to, to your spouse and your marriage to one person. Why don't you just view pornography? Or better yet, view it together. That's really going to help the situation. Honesty not working for you? Lie about it. Tell a half-truth. Do what is best for you here. That person hurt you. Don't forgive them. They should uh, wish they were dead. Remove that toxic person from your life. You don't deserve to be a part of that. But what does Jesus say? He says, flee from sexual immorality. 1 Corinthians 6.18 It says, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Genesis 2.24 Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Proverbs 10.22 Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. Ephesians 4.32 You know, we know what it looks like to try to do this on our own and it actually doesn't work. So you need to stop taking on so much guilt and shame that you can't seem to transform your, whole, your own heart. That was never your job in the first place. God knew this. It's not a surprise to him. This is why Jesus came. This was a fulfillment of God's incredible plan 
for redemption in your life. You see, we chose something other than God right in the very beginning. And we are fooling ourselves if we think now, somehow in the year 2021, we can reverse that on our own. We can find our own salvation. We can find our hope in the things around us, the things on the news, the things that people are sharing on social media. You're not going to find it. We sometimes go down the same path over and over and over again, looking to, to save our own soul, to fix our own heart, to deal with the things that are inside of us on our own. And time after time, we come up short and we come up empty. This is not your job. You can be freed of that today. You know, I read from Ezekiel, and you know, Ezekiel is not really um, a, a, a book of the Bible that you hear preached from the pulpit too often. You just don't really hear Ezekiel coming up. But Ezekiel was a prophet of God's chosen people in the Old Testament, the part of scripture that looks forward to Jesus coming, talking about this story of redemption, this narrative that takes place. And basically what is happening when Ezekiel is writing is that the Jewish people are in exile in Babylon. A, a, a ruler rose up, King Nebuchadnezzar, and he laid siege to, to Jerusalem and he brought them into, into Babylon out of Jerusalem. And really the people could not believe this. The, the, in Jerusalem, you have to see it was a, a significant place because the temple was there and God's presence was there. And, and they were like, how could this be happening when this is where God's presence is? The idea that this could be destroyed, the idea that this is the messaging that was coming across would have seemed ridiculous. But Ezekiel actually points the people forward to the future that God has for them, ultimately in Jesus Christ. But in Ezekiel 18.31, I love this tie in here. God is saying, turn, repent, get a new heart and a new spirit. Then later in Ezekiel 36.26, what we read earlier, he says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. You see, there's an acknowledgement here that we cannot do this on our own. God says, go and do this. But he says, you know what? Actually, I need to do this. I am going to put a new heart. I am going to put a new spirit within you. Our individualistic society is doing us a disservice in the understanding of this reality as Christians. We need to stop trying to fix up the outside as a consolation of our perceived failure at working on our own heart. We're like, you know what? The own, we're not doing it for ourselves, so we need to just work on the outside. We can't keep doing this. We need to recognize that this is what Jesus came to do. We need to have the same cry as the psalmist in Psalm 51.10, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. We cannot try to cleanse ourselves, and Jesus is not asking us to do it alone. Of course, it's important that we take steps. If the internal stinks, we need to do some cleaning. We need to pull out the vacuum. We should get rid of the triggers. We ought to look for the dirt and be aware of this. But ultimately, without Jesus, it is in vain because we are sinful people. So how do we turn to him? Some real practical things that you can do this week. The first thing is this, we need to pray. We need to acknowledge him. Praying is very simply talking to God. It's very, it doesn't have to be eloquent. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be all figured out or scripted a certain way. It's just talking to God. It's if you need a direction, start with thanking him. Start with gratitude. What a great place to start with God. The second thing is repent. Romans 2, 4 says God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. I just want to make something clear for you today, wherever you are, whoever is watching this, God is not mad at you. God is not mad at you. 
He already knows what you have done. He already knows your thoughts. He already knows who you have been with. He already knows what is happening in your life. And he is not mad at you. He is simply inviting you to recognize it in yourself and repent of it because he is there to forgive you of your sins. Psalm 103, 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far God has removed our transgressions from us. We need to read God's word and ask for help. Read the Bible. The Bible is meant to be accessible for us, but so, some of us would actually benefit from getting some context about what we're reading. Maybe you've read the Bible before and you're like, I have no idea what is going on here. I don't have the, the narrative. I don't know what's happening. I just kind of picked it up and opened it up and I'm not sure what's going on. Why don't you grab a study Bible? Why don't you look for some resources on the Bible app? Why don't you ask somebody in your connect group or a connect group leader or a team leader just to, for some direction on this? Because there is so much within scripture that maybe if you just uh, uh, had an idea about what you're reading a little bit, it would help you. But I also want to let you know that the Bible is not a history textbook. That is not the point of scripture. The Bible is alive and active. These words may have been written 2,000 years ago, but the Holy Spirit uses them today to speak to us. And so it's important that we recognize that this is a powerful tool in our lives, that Jesus is speaking to us through this word, through scripture, and cleansing and working on our hearts. Let's not neglect reading the Bible. And then walk in humility. We don't have to have it all figured out. We are in need of a savior. You know, I always say that the more I learn, the less I know, and the more I need Jesus. And I think that that is so true. If we can just recognize that we don't have to have it all together, that we don't have to know everything, that we don't have to do everything, it is so freeing because Jesus has already done it for us. It's not about perfection. It's about recognizing that what we've tried on our own isn't working, and we aren't living the best life that we could. You know, it's easy to think, shouldn't there be consequences, right, for having these thoughts or for having this, this attitude or for having these things going on in our lives or having out of our hearts come these actions and behaviors that we've been doing? Shouldn't there be consequences? Of course, there's natural consequences to sin. If we do things, it affects our lives. But you know what? Someone has already come and paid the price for that consequence. Someone has already taken on the consequence on himself on our behalf. You see, Jesus died on a cross because of your thoughts and your actions and your behaviors and your sin. And he did it willingly and he did it to defeat death and sin in your place so that you could actually have relationship with God, so that you don't have to worry about it, but, but that you could actually put that on him. And he did it because he loves you so much. You see, this broke down the separation between us and God that sin created. It was no longer about what we do to be right with God. It was about what Jesus did because of how much he loves us, because of how much he loves you. You see, Jesus is the answer. Jesus cares about what is on the inside. Trust him with it today. From the inside out is where we need this transformation today, church. From the inside out is where we need to start trusting God. We need to get real with ourselves. We need to recognize it. But we need to realize it is not on us. We don't have to ignore it. We don't have to avoid it. We don't have to compensate for it. None of us are perfect. None of us have it all figured out. But Jesus is, and he is so good. And he is going to meet you wherever you are at today. You know, maybe you're watching this message and this is the first time you've heard about Jesus and that he loves you and that he actually has grace for you and that it's not about what you do or what you've done or who you are, who you've been, 
that counts you in or counts you out of this club of Christianity. That is not the message today. The message is that Jesus loves you and that you can be a part of his family. It's just about you making a choice if you want to do that. He's already taken care of the rest. He's already covered you for everything else. And you know, today I just want to invite you, if you are watching and you're going, I want, I want to be a part of that. Maybe you've been contemplating it for a long time. Maybe you've just heard this today. And you're saying, I, I, want to, I want to have that relationship with Jesus. If that's you, wherever you are, if you're watching live, you can click on, uh, on the, the button saying, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. It's anonymous, but it is an outward expression of this inward decision. But if you're just watching throughout the week or any time, why don't you just right now internally just say, yeah, I'm making that choice, making that decision. And it, it would be my privilege to just pray with you today. So Jesus, you see all of these decisions being made, Lord. You see the hearts of people turning to you. And we thank you so much that you would come and die on the cross for me, for anyone watching, for every single one of us, God, that you would do that for our sin, that you would make a way that we could have relationship with you, God. And so today we are thankful for that. And we're thankful for these decisions. And we're thankful that people are coming to faith. It's an incredible thing. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, what an amazing decision. Uh, you can just hold on for a second because Pastor Victoria is going to come and give you some more information about a next step you can take, more information that you can, you can have as you've just made that choice. But listen, church, I also want to pray. If you're just feeling like, man, this is an it's an inside job. This, is, this needs to be taken care of from the inside out. I've just got some things in my life I've been trying to compensate for, some things in my life that I have to get real about, that this is a heart issue. This is not an external issue. This is an internal issue. And the only one who can take care of it is Jesus, not me. And today I just want to pray with you so that you can actually release that to him and give that to him. So wherever you are, uh, why don't you just kind of raise both hands up like this. It's, it's just surrendering to him what is happening internally. You can just do it on your lap. You can stand up. You can hold your hands all the way up. Whatever you need to do, why don't we pray? Jesus, we thank you that we can come to you, God, that there is no shame, there is no condemnation uh, for those of us who are in you, Lord. So right now, we pray that you would take care of the inside, God. Take care of the hearts of us who are looking and seeking you out, God. We repent today. We recognize that we are sinful beings. We recognize that we don't have it all together. But God, would you transform us so that what happens on the inside would actually extend on the outside and be so pure and so good and so full of life, God, that it would impact and, and influence the people around us, that we would love people better because we're not just trying to fix it all ourselves, but we would recognize that, hey, we are sinners in need of a Savior. And we thank you that you you are that Savior. I pray that you would bring freedom in people's lives today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, church. Why don't you stand up to your feet? We are going to worship God together. Come on, church. Let's sing this together. Lord, send revival. Lord, send revival. Lord, send it now. Move of your spirit. Heaven break out, come now in power, cover this land like you've done it before, would you do it again? Lord send a revival, Lord send it now, a move of your spirit, heaven break out, come now in power, cover this land like you've done it before, would you do it again? 
Well, hey, why don't we take a moment and just thank Pastor Emma for that amazing message that was convicting, inspiring, and, and freeing for so many of us, I truly believe. And hey, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, we just want to start off with saying that that is the best decision that you could ever make. And we would love to connect with you and, and come alongside you and resource you in any way that we can. And so we would love for you to fill out one of our connect cards that's coming up right now in the chat. And you can also go to our website, slashers.com, and you can fill that out so our team can connect with you and again, answer any questions you might have. We also have something happening after the service, service called Next Steps. And it's just a short 10, 15 minute session where you get to meet some of our team, hear a little bit more about us as a church, who we are, and ask questions again and just get to know us. We would love for you to be a part of that right after the service. But we're going to jump into this segment that we call the debrief, which is really where we just take a minute to just unpack the message to make sure that we don't just leave it in our Sunday, but we actually reflect on it uh, and, and how we can take that with us into our week. And joining me today, I have Julie Campbell and Brittany Lester. Thank you, ladies, so much for joining me today. This is fun. I have the, I have the blondes with me. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. What were uh, some things, maybe we'll start with you, Julie, some things that just stood out to you from the message today? So many things. I think the biggest thing that it kind of connected with something that I've been learning on my own. And it, there's a verse that God kind of gave me out of Isaiah 30, 15. And it says, in rest, um, oh, now I'm going to butcher it. In rest and repentance is your salvation. In quiet and trust is your strength. Uh, but you will have none of it. And it's like this really beautiful verse. And then it's like a, like a little bit of a... But it just, what Emma was speaking about just really hit home because there's so many times that God has already offered me rest and repentance and quiet and strength and wisdom and all these different things that he's already offered me and I'll have none of it because I'm just over here trying to figure it out on my own. And so that's why I just hit home in such a real way and I really, really appreciated the idea of just coming to him and going from the inside out 
it's such a it's just a beautiful thing. I was very thankful for that. It was it was great. So good. How about you, Brittany? Well, uh, when Emma started with the message about the minivan, it really reminded me of the home blind series we did, and uh, just how we could have things going on in our own heart that we're just so used to that uh, we're we kind of forget about yeah, it. We don't even see it anymore. No, we're home blind to our own heart and kind of some of the things we're dealing with, and so. Um, for me, it was a really big heart check. It's like, what have I been doing or thinking or um, whatnot that I am so caught up in it and I'm forgetting about um, what Jesus did for me and I've become home blind to, um, to this. And so uh, I think just sitting down, I, I know I'm a doer. It's like, okay, what can I do? And I've kind of like... The whole concept of grace, which is what it comes down to, is uh, sometimes hard for me. And so I think kind of just reflecting on that will be a really big takeaway for me this week. That's really good because I think it's easy for us to get caught up in our own striving. We want to do good, but we want to do it on our own. And then that's exhausting. And we actually forget that we have God's grace and kindness and he actually wants to help us. Uh, but some practical ways to actually apply this message. Emma shared some things at the end there, some practical ways of actually uh, doing this inside-out job, really. Uh, but what are some things that you're taking with you, maybe some things that you are thinking specifically that you are going to be applying to your lives? I think I have to be careful to not turn my relationship with God into something else I'm doing, if that makes sense. And I just feel so thankful for God's grace because in the midst of COVID and kind of all of this, like people are really going through it, myself included. And I've just decided and kind of made a stamp in the ground that when we talk about self-care and all these different things, scripture is my self-care. Like Jesus really is good. my self-care. Yeah, that's good. We talk about like baths and taking time for yourself. Take time for yourself and spend it with Jesus. Soul care. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Better, uh, but or very important as well as self-care. <laughs> totally. And the amazing thing about a relationship with God is even when you have nothing to offer, he still has something planned. You can just lay there and say, God, I've got nothing to offer you. Um, and he will still meet you there. And so how I'm practically taking this is in everything... I just need to come before him with repentance. No matter what place I'm kind of at, it's just come and meet with him. And like, that's my self-care for the day. That's the best self-care I could ever strive for, you know? That's so true. That's so good. How about you, Brittany? For me, it's going to be reading my Bible. And I know this is something I can always improve in. Um, and a practical way I'm going to kind of hold myself accountable. I did this about a year ago, and I think it's time to do it again, is um, I made a checklist, and I made it beautiful. Um, but I... Very important. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany is incredibly creative, for those of you that don't know. Thanks. You're so talented. Um, and I just, I made one for the month, and I had every day written out, and then uh, every day that I read my Bible, I did a check mark. And so, um, for me, it's so satisfying, like, doing a check mark, seeing at the end of the month all the days I did do. And and so I think that's kind of one way I'm going to kind of motivate myself um, because at the end of the day, it's like if I did not get that check mark, 
I <laughs> so um, yeah, I think I think doing that and not beating myself up if I miss a day, right? right yeah, and whatever. It's not about perfection, yeah. but it's just about making steps forward. But it's important to know how we work and to know ourselves and how we're wired and actually what can motivate us and actually help us set up a good habit. But also to make sure that we don't end up in a way of just doing for the sake of doing, but it actually is soul care self-care that actually transform, transforms us from the inside out yeah I really like what Amanda said at the beginning in the interview of um, how through reading the Bible uh, God revealed himself and his heart to her and I think uh, that's where we can start is at the heart of God to transform our own heart so I I really liked what she said there and I'm gonna take that that's so away this week and I feel like giving, if you're having a hard time reading your Bible, try something else too. Like try downloading the Dwell app and listening to your Bible when you go on a walk and taking in God's like nature and creation all around you while you're listening to the words that he's put together for us. It's just a really special thing that you can do. That's so good. Love the practical tips. We could keep keep on talking. <laughs> Welcome to our lives. <laughs> but hey, thank you so much for joining us for church today. I hope this was just a, a little taste of, of how we can actually apply this message to our lives. This is something that actually happens in our connect groups every single time that our connect groups get together. We really sit just and reflect. We sit with the message. We reflect on it. And again, we want to apply it to our lives. But hey, don't forget next, next week we have our new series starting. This is church. We would love for you to join us and tune in for that. It's going to be an incredible time together. But have a blessed week, church. We love you. Hey, Kenzie. How's it going? Good, 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 good. Hi. Like it. So Slate Kids is now. Slate Kids is now.